Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your show on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. And I'm here with the awesome Kim Lambert of City of Bridges Run Club here in Pittsburgh. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm doing great, Coach Donald. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm glad you could be on after the busy races. Um, <laughs> Kim runs a club called City of Bridges Run Club that has been around uh, in its current form for a little over a year, uh, maybe a little longer than that. I got my first run in with Angela for her birthday back in December last year. Her birthday, you know, and Angela's all about running. So, of course, she spent her birthday running. And so that's what we do. (laughs) So she's like, you should come along. And I'm like, she's been talking about you for like a couple months at that point. Matter of fact, she was talking about you before you had started up officially, like she was anticipating it. And so I was like, all right, I'll come out and check out the run. And so it was downtown and it was with all the Christmas decorations were up. And so we were running Mm -hmm. downtown and then we're stopping at the different like the courthouse steps and things like that to take pictures and stuff. Um, I remember that. that. You do? (laughs) I do remember that. It was a very warm night. It was fantastic. It was, I think I had shorts on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very warm that night. And so that was my first time. And then, you know, I came back, I think it was like sometime in the spring to start running. Um, So this is awesome to have you on City of Bridges Run Club. Actually, you know, you tell them a little bit about it, and then uh, I want to get into a little bit about your background running, but tell them a little about about the club. Sure. And I, I love to talk about the club because it just feels like it's it's uh, one of my child, right? So uh, last summer during uh, COVID, um, you know, everything was shut down. We couldn't run, and the opportunity presented itself to possibly organize, bring to life a running club. And I've always wanted to create a run club for the community. One that um, everybody felt welcome, regardless of pace, um, that we focus on inclusivity and community. And one that was not backed by anybody. You know, I've been a member or a leader in, in other clubs where we've had sponsors, right? So you know, there's a a chain of command, there's red tape. So to get anything done, um, sometimes it's a little difficult. So I really wanted a club that was um, led. um, My friends that are now my board members, we, we, we um, thought, well, let's go ahead and try this. It's, we could be crazy doing this during COVID when nobody can run, but that really allowed us the time to get organized, lay the groundwork, put out our mission, um, get our website ready, and then launch. And so you are correct in saying um, it's been just a year. November 1st was our one-year anniversary, so that was really exciting. Um, and, and here we are 13 months later, and the growth that we have experienced has been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, we are almost at 300 members in, in just a little over a year. Um, but more than anything, what I love to see are the new friendships that have been made, right, because of, because of the running club. So that's where City of Bridges came about. 
Um, we are member-led, member-funded. Um, we are a 501c3 uh, nonprofit. Uh, we are a member of Roadrunner Clubs of America, and we are all volunteers putting in the time because this is something we believe in and we want to give back. That's so cool. And, you know, you mentioned the piece about community and new friendships. There was a something I read a number of years back that is I love traveling and I love going to new places and I love being in new settings. But reading that helped click something in my head that made me value what it means to be a regular. And when you go to a shop and like they know who you are, when you go to like, let's say a gym and they know who you are, you go to wherever and being able to like be a part of the club and have been running. And now it's like, I go and like, I anticipate seeing people, you know, when I first started going, obviously I had a network of people I already knew who were running there, but then meeting new people who I met literally because I was there and like, Oh, I'm going to run in this group because I get to run with John or I get, you know, to run with this person or that person. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And, you know, everybody being very friendly and, you know, there's so many people, but you start recognizing faces and you start chatting with people, you know, depending on when you get done, you're at the water cooler, you know, fussing over the same hills. And it's, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good time. It, it is. And I will say that, and again, we thought we were crazy doing this during doing it during COVID, but I think now more than ever running clubs, um, are, are really important to give us a sense of that community. Um, so many of us are still working from home. So I can tell you, you know, I don't really see anybody um, outside of the people that I live with. And so my group runs like I, th those are my, the best parts of my day. My favorite day of the week is Saturday. You know, that's the day I'm going to go run long. I'm going to spend a few hours with my friends. Um, we're all going to, you know, usually go to breakfast afterwards. I'm like, to me, that is just such a gratifying, simple day for me. But it's it's one that where I get to hang out with with um, with friends and people from all walks of life. So it's, I, I really I really feel like running clubs are very much needed right now. Yeah, that's a good point about you know working from home, not seeing anybody. You know, when I'm here, I get to see people because people come in and out. But there are days if I work from home, it's like I haven't seen anybody all day. Or if I'm here and let's say it's you know, just one of the days that are not as busy. So I've been just sitting in here, not seeing anybody until the evening or at all. And, you know, being able to go out and run or if it's like, hey, I've been running alone and running alone is nice, but. Like I can run alone if I want to like zone out or like maybe do a hard focus run, but sometimes I just want to run and run yeah. my mouth. <laughs> well, and, and, and I always tell people that when you join a running club and you start running with others, um, because people think they have to be fast to join a running club. No, 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 no. We have runners of all paces. We do have fast people. We have run walkers. Um, but it, what it really does is help you take your mind off of, I got to get through this mile. I have mm -hmm. this much distance to go through. It becomes very social. Um, and so um, I actually found when I joined a running club, I got faster because people were able to push me. They were holding me accountable and I was, didn't know it. I was holding them accountable as well. Yeah. And I know for me, over short distances, I'm not the slowest person around, but you know, some of these kids are like really fast and there's some really, really fast people in the club. But what I found for me 
is trying to go out and actually run fast makes it not fun because if you're running so fast that you can't breathe unless the point of it was to actually get a workout in you're not talking and so now you just catch yourself matching paces with people you can hardly keep up with or trying to show off versus like you know i'm gonna actually just run pretty slow today and i'm gonna talk and i'm gonna have a good time and you know my body's actually gonna be spared because of it (laughs) yeah and 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 i i do try to make sure our runners know that when you're in especially in marathon training, um, slow down, enjoy the run. That's why you're here. So, you know, there are time and places to do speed work. Saturday mornings is not that time. Saturday so, morning is not Saturday that morning time. is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the day. Enjoy the run. Yeah. So Kim, tell us, how did you get into running? You know, you have a run club, so obviously you love running. How did running become a thing for you in the first place? Yeah. So I'm not a lifelong runner. Um, I did not start until I was 39 and I'm 53 now. So what was that? 14 years. I mean, and I've always been active. I've played tennis. Um, I've done other activities, but really even in high school, couldn't even run a mile without those dreaded side stitches. So um, I one of my coworkers, she sat next to me, I, I would hear her talk about doing 5Ks and being around people and her friends and they were just having a great time. And I thought, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, maybe I'll try that. So I remember signing up for my first 5K and I, I trained alone. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, again, I couldn't run a mile at a time. So I would run to a song and then walk and then just try to build up. Okay, now I'm going to run to two songs because the song is about a quarter of a mile, maybe depending on how fast you're running and just tried to build that up. So um, I must have trained six months for my first 5K alone. And um, I would see these people on the trail, like, you need to come join our run club. I'm like, no, 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 no. I like to run alone. Turns out I really don't like to run alone anymore. (laughs) Um, and so I did my first 5k and it wasn't fast, but I got my first medal and I was hooked. It's like, wow, that really gave me a sense of accomplishment that I don't think I had ever had. Um, and so I said, somebody said, well, there's a, you know, there's the great race. That's a 10k. Um, why don't you try that? So I did my first great race. So that was, I think 2009. Yeah. It was my first great race. Um, and again, it wasn't fast, but I did it. Like I doubled my distance. So that was really exciting to me. Um, and, uh, and just started to build my distance. And then as I got more confident in running, I thought, well, maybe I'll do a half marathon. All right. So I did that. And I think that was 2011. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I always said, uh, I will never do a marathon. Like those people are absolutely crazy. Like I'm done and they're still running. Never would have done that. And then again, once I got into a running club and I got into consistent running, um, and people pushing me, uh, like I said earlier, uh, they sort of talked me into, doing a marathon. Mm-hmm. And my big goal, because I am from Columbus, Ohio, and my, my goal was to do the Columbus marathon, um, purely because you get to run through the stadium. And as a Buckeye, like that is just, I mean, 
been in the stadium before, but to run through it is really cool. Um, and so um, that was my goal, but, and that was going to be October of 2013. But the people that I was training with said, well, no, we think you can do Pittsburgh. So why don't you do that one first? So that was how I, it was peer, it was peer peer pressure, how they got me to do, uh, do Pittsburgh before um, Columbus. And I ended up doing three marathons that year. So. Oh, wow. Did you do Columbus that same year too? I sure did. I sure did. And then a month after that, I did uh, Richmond. Was that in the same year that you did your first 5k or was that like later on? It was like um, four, four years later, okay. four years later. So it took me a while to get to feel confident enough to make that jump. And, and I always say to go from a 5k to a 10k, you can do that to go from a 10 K to a half marathon. That's, that's reasonable. You can train for that to go from a half marathon to a marathon that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of time and you got to be ready for it. Yeah. So. I appreciate you having a more modest story getting into marathons. <laughs> I've met a few people who were like, yeah, you know what? I wasn't running or like I ran in college. You know what? I just decided I was going to do a marathon and they just like trained for a marathon in like a year. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I <Yeah>. would never. <laughs> so not me. Yeah. I did approach it. Like I said, I didn't come from a running background. Mm -hmm. So, um, to, to, to even to be able to run a mile and then, um, without stopping and then even to be able to break 30 minutes in a 5k, like that's, those were my, those were my goals. I wasn't focused on, Hey, let's go out and run this crazy marathon distance. Um, I really wanted to get better, get faster where I was before, um, taking that big, um, jump into the marathon. Ocean. Now, did you say that it was the coworker who kept talking about 5k's that got you to first start running? That's correct. What, what clicked in your head that said, you know what, this well, actually might be a good idea. You know what? I'm not from here. I'm not here, Pittsburgh. Um, so I didn't, uh, have a lot of friends, you know, I worked, I had, oh, a this was son. after you moved here. This was after I moved okay. here. Yeah. So living in Pittsburgh. So I've been in Pittsburgh about 27 and a half years now. Um, but I didn't really have any friends because I was, you know, really, I mean, I had friends, but not people I would go hang out with. I had a child, you know, I have a child, had a child. He's a young man. Um, and it just sounded like a really great way to make new friends. I'm always about making new friends. Um, and so that's kind of how I went into it as well. I could have never imagined the journey that running has put me on and the okay. friendships that I've made. Yeah. So you said you had got into a running club and that got you to do your first marathon, but you said, Hey, I like running alone. Alone's my thing. So what <laughs> made you end up joining a club? So I think it was the fear of the unknown. And that, again, that fear that, Oh, you have to be fast to join a running club that's not what it's about at all. Um, so once I, I went to this running club, so my first running club, I was a member of, I, it was Steel City Roadrunners. I know many of your listeners probably know of them. Um, and I just, I started to meet so many people and, uh, I, again, I just fell in love with running the, the accomplishment. And then when you're in a club, it's, you have all these like-minded people, um, I, I, the funny, one of the things that 
uh, I said to one of my friends when uh, we were in Boston this past October was, when you go to Boston, I'm not weird. Like I can talk about running and everybody gets it. Um, you know, I, I don't have people in my family that are runners. So being in that like-minded community um, just really helped me. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's, it means a lot. And, you know, everybody listening, think about different communities you're a part of, the things that you like to do and talk about to where it's so normal to you. Then you talk to somebody who's not into that at all. And you're like, uh, yeah, like one of the, one of the more niche communities I've ever been a part of when I was in grad school, I was a strength and speed coach for Texas Quidditch. And oh. I did this bomb internship at this place called Exos in Frisco, Texas. I came back and I wanted to get more experience coaching and, you know, implementing that training style. And I was, you know, trying to figure out a way to get into it. Uh, I had interned, but like, I just wanted to find something else. I was looking through the list of club sports and I said, Quidditch. When I was playing Ultimate Frisbee, I remember seeing the three little hoops in the background of some other team playing. You know what? I'm looking them up. And they had won like the national championship like three times, like Texas Quidditch is oh, wow. serious. I <laughs> have never heard of it, to be honest. Really? Have you ever read Harry Potter? I have. Well, yes, I've read Harry Potter, but I didn't know they had like these oh, it's Quidditch, Quidditch teams, leagues. Mm-hmm. There's a Quidditch team local in Pittsburgh. Uh, if anybody here knows the Quidditch team in Pittsburgh, I've been trying to reach out to them. So like, let me know. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, I reached out to them and, you know, they took it so seriously. They actually had some, they took it seriously enough that I'm not the first person to ever be their speed or strength coach. Like when I reached out, like, oh yeah, we had this one guy who was one of our, on our team who did it for us, but he graduated. So this is perfect that you reached out. They had 120 people come to their tryout. Oh my goodness. And so you can, and how many get accepted for a team? Um, a lot. So there's their top team, which they only take about, I want to say 15 or 20 for their main travel team. Then they have a B team that they take about 15 to 20. And then they have the three houses or four houses, you know, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Slytherin, all that. Then they have, those are like the more recreational ones. So like the mm-hmm. athletic people go to the, you know, the travel team and then people who just literally are in it because they like Harry Potter and want to play Quidditch, they do the like smaller teams. So they might take a total of like 80, hundred people in total. And just imagine, wow. you know, you get to be around people talking about Quidditch and I'm not like a huge Harry Potter buff. I was just looking for an opportunity, but it became a part of me. So I will talk about Quidditch and you could just imagine me, you know, also being around uh, Texas track athletes, you know, other people in my classes. And I'm like, ultimate frisbee bust out talking about quidditch or like talking to my friends back home and they're like wait quidditch why are you talking to me about quidditch what is quidditch and so yeah you you made me think about that when you're talking about you know being in boston talking about running is not weird and you know now i talk about running so much and it's like oh yeah i remember i'm talking to okay you're not really a runner so i'm just kind of killing your ears versus i mean talking to you, it's like, I'll go all day. Yeah. And, and my company, my day job, like the CEO, the vice president is like, they all know I'm a runner. They know when I travel, you know, I'm going to go for a run. So, so then that's, that's kind of my identity at my day job as well. And, you know, when I'm on um, virtual meetings, um, you know, all my medals are on the wall behind me because it's really the only place I have to <laughs> um, have my, my desk. But so, 
that is, you know, that's who I am. Um, I'm a runner and they, they know that. So that's so cool. Um, and so, you know, through this process, you you said you always wanted to eventually create a run club. What led you to take things to the next level? You know, I remember, uh, if I recall correctly, you ran at like Boston Marathon. You've run, I believe, at New York and, and Chicago, correct? Uh, I've been trying to get to Chicago. So I was supposed to run Chicago in 2016. This may take us down a completely different conversation, but the week before the Chicago Marathon on October 1st, I actually had a stroke. Oh. So I had a vestibular dissection, uh, which um, caused a stroke and I collapsed outside of then the True Runner store um, after a 5K. Um, it was about an hour and a half after I had finished. So I've never... will finally be getting to run Chicago next October. Okay. That's oh, congrats. Way to get the bounce back for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So for those listening, those are big marathons and you have to qualify to get Thank into you. those, which means that you had to go from being somebody who could hardly run a mile, who <laughs> could hardly run a 30 minute 5k, which, you know, commendable for those of you can do that. But if you're going to run a race like this, you're probably running 20 minutes or better in a 5k. Um, and you know, you have to be able to run a marathon and then run a marathon in a really fast time. So what led you to like, take it up a notch and go from like, Hey, I finished one to like, I'm trying to hit a certain time. Yeah. Like, Hey, I think I can qualify for Boston. And to me, it was totally crazy that I am where I am, but I am somebody who is competitive and I like to be the best whatever I'm doing, I like to try and be the best that I can be. So I did my first marathon and I want to say I was like one minute and one second shy of five hours. So I wasn't setting the world on fire, but it was my first, I did it. I was excited. I, you know, I was a marathoner and, you know, I just was at whatever time that you finish that it's your marathoner, your runner. Um, so then when I did Columbus, so that, because that originally was supposed to be the first marathon, but that ended up being my second. I took almost um, an hour off of my time from, from Pittsburgh. So from May until October. Um, so my body was in that marathon, I guess the shape, um, you know, it, it takes a year, 18 months for your body to like realize, um, in my opinion, and, and Donald, you can you can um, weigh in on this um, to get that conditioning, that, that good endurance conditioning. Um, and then after, after Columbus, I did a month later Richmond and took even more time off. Um, and then I could, I knew what the Boston qualifying times were um, for my age and gender. And I thought, if I keep working at this, I think I have a shot. Um, so, uh, that's what I did in the following September. So 18 months after running my first marathon, I ended up qualifying for Boston. Um, wow. and I, I, I do say that I'm not a gifted runner, but it's something that I, I work at. I run five to six days a week. Uh, I do different kinds of runs because I am trying to be at a higher level than I guess most recreational runners 
I still am a recreational runner, but I'm a competitive recreational runner. That's so cool. Wow. That's some big time drops an hour in a couple months. So it, it can be done. It really can be done. Yeah. You mentioned like getting in shape for that. So there's the whole cardiovascular part of, you know, your body actually creating enough blood vessels and capillaries and your heart being strong enough to do that. But then there's that whole aspect of like your tendons being able to withstand that and they're um, adapting to the stress. Mm -hmm. You know, the first one, I going to ask how sore were you after the first one? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm still sore after every marathon to be quite honest, but, um, it's, a what is it? Joyful pain. Um, so it's like you get through, you get through the finish, you know, about mile 18, you're thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this. I don't ever want to do it again. Why do I do marathons? And then you finish and you get your medal. And the next day you're online, like what's the next marathon? What am I doing next? Yeah. So would you say that you were particularly more sore the verse after Pittsburgh or after Columbus, or were they about the same? Um, I would say Pittsburgh, I was probably more sore. Yeah. And so thinking about like how your body kind of learned, okay, this is kind of what to expect. It's going to hurt, but ah, I think we can manage this a little bit better the next time around. Yeah. Like, you know, stairs are going to be a problem the next day. So (laughs) sitting down is going to hurt. Um, Going. Yeah. So, um, I, I will say the pain is different because I'm, I'm pushing myself harder now because I'm trying to hit faster mm-hmm. times. So the pain is still there. It just is a different kind of pain. Yeah. It's not the shock of doing it now. It's like, I'm working hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is painful, but said, so, you know, you get to Boston, you we, we laugh and say, you have to run it. We paid to run another marathon fast enough to be able to pay to run another marathon. So, <laughs> <laughs> and know again, that it's not, it's going to hurt. And Boston does hurt. Boston is a very tough course. Mm. So you lead a running club. You've been doing this now for what, almost 20 years. What would you say are things that runners generally struggle with? If there's anybody listening to this who wants to get into running or is new to it, what are things that runners often struggle with? Um, I think newer runners thinking that they're alone um, and that they're going to be too slow or left behind. And come join a run club. You will find people of all paces, you know, whether it's our run club or another run club, find a run club, find one that you mesh with. Um, because I guarantee you, you will have fun. So don't think that you're alone in your journey. Um, once people get into running, I see some of them struggle with wanting to be faster, but they don't know how. Um, so I coach track on Monday nights back, you know, I know you see me up at track up at the Shenley Oval coach Donald coaching my group. Um, because if you only do long, slow runs, you'll always be a long, slow runner. So you need to take um, a run, one or two runs a week and really push yourself and build those fast twitch muscles. So um, you want to get fast, you got to put the work in. Uh, And nutrition is always something I see people struggle with. I still struggle with it. 
it's, um, you know, a lot, it's, it's trial and error and um, learning as you go. But, you know, every, you know, every club that you would go to should have certified coaches. I'm a certified coach um, that can help guide you and, and give some recommendations. That's awesome. And so as a certified coach, and just also somebody who supports people in running with these different, you know, struggles that new runners kind of get into and may, you know, kind of hit roadblocks with, how do you help them with, you know, getting past those things, whether it's, you know, tactically like, Hey, do this or, or like more tactically providing this, like, Hey, come to this speed workout or, or even when it comes to just helping them with their mindset about how to look at different aspects of their running. Yeah. I mean, 50% of being a coach is being a psychiatrist, right? So you really have to, you know, just sit down and, and have conversations, figure out what their real goal is and break it down. And, and maybe, um, their goal isn't attainable in three months, but if they keep working at it, their goal is attainable in six to nine months. So let's break it down in chunks. Let's figure out what the real goal is and then figure out how to get there in a way that, that, that runner can, can tackle. We know life gets in the way, right? So we have to make sure that the goal, the plan that we set forth is they can hit those, those milestones. That's awesome. So you, do you ever plan to stop running ever? I hope not. So my, you know, my brain sometimes has, has other ideas, but, uh, no, I, I plan to continue running. I, I see those, you know, those, um, the older women, like in their eighties and nineties, and they're out there setting those world records because they're still running. I hope that's me. Yeah. So what does it take? What do you think in your opinion, it takes for somebody to be able to enjoy a lifetime of running. How do we mentally, physically, emotionally take care of ourselves to be able to enjoy rec- running for you know several decades? Yeah, first and foremost, it's physical, right? Because as we age, um, our bodies break down. And as I said earlier, I'm 53, so I'm finding my body breaking down um, a little more than, than it used to. So it's listening to, listening to our bodies is so important. So there's a, there's a difference between, you know, we know this is going to hurt when it runs and knowing it's hurting because, you know, you're maybe not ready for, for that distance that day or turning because you are actually injured. And if you are injured, get to a doctor, um, immediately. So I am currently under the care of a doctor because I have been battling injuries for 18 months and we're trying to fix me and make me, um, a a lifelong runner. And so one of the things that I, I do tell my runners is, you know, if you are injured, please don't go race, dial it back. Don't sacrifice long-term running for a medal this weekend. Like there's so many other races. So listen to your body is, is really important. And, and you may need, you may find that you need to take an extra day of recovery that you didn't need to take in your thirties and forties and be grateful for every mile. You know, think about, I, I have runners who will on their runs, they'll dedicate a mile 
um, to somebody or they're, they will hmm. say something of gratitude every mile. Um, as I, I said earlier, I had a stroke um, over five years ago and I was in the hospital for two weeks. I wasn't allowed to run for three and a half months. And so I had the gift of running taken away from me um, and wasn't sure if I would ever be able to run again. Um, so be grateful that no matter what pace you are, you can run. Lace up and put one foot in front of the other. Be grateful for that because there are people who, who have, don't have that anymore. Wow. And if you don't mind, I want to ask, like, how did you bounce back from that, you know, <laughs> physically, mentally, emotionally, like there's a lot to come back from, you know, I, I imagine there might've been some fear involved. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and there's, there's still some fear involved. Um, you know, they don't really know why my stroke occurred, why my artery tore. Um, I could have done something during the week. It could have happened during the 5k. They don't really know. So, you know, once I was cleared to just even walk, you know, it took me about five weeks before I could walk without kind of falling over. Um, so I would go to group runs and I would walk and I had friends who would walk with me. Um, I went to races I had already signed up for and I would walk. And so that's what I did just to still kind of stay in a little bit of shape, but um, just to to still stay connected to something that I I love, um, and then when I had my CT scan, you know I was never so afraid for them to to do that and and find out the results. So did my artery heal? Like what's the prognosis? Mm. Um, and I was told to um, it, it was okay to resume running, um, just ease back into it, and. Um, and so that was uh, January of 2017. Um, do I still think about it? Absolutely, especially when I do 5Ks. Um, I always say that to run a 5K to race it, you have to feel like you're having a stroke, right? Because 5K to really race, you are gassed at the end. And I don't, it makes me very nervous to feel that way. Um, and it, it probably always will. So I, I proceed with caution when I don't feel things right in my head and, and that's fine, but I'm still out there. Yeah. That's, that's a great lesson to be able to know when to back off. And that's a lot of resilience to have something like that happen and, you know, still bounce back and, and still run five K's and not even you know, necessarily even shy away from those. Um, I never actually thought about the intensity in that light, because if I don't, I don't know what that feels like, but I know when I'm done, like my head, you know, that feels like it's kind of pulsing in my face, mm -hmm. everything. And I never thought about it in that light of that, you know, as how fast you should be running. Yeah. I mean, if, if you are trying to, you know, win your age group, you know, you've got to, you've got to push. Um, and, and so it's, you know, it's going to hurt. And, and that's why I probably prefer longer distances than I do shorter distances, because I love just to just settle into a pace and go for miles. Yeah. Yeah. We, I did a workout on Wednesday. <laughs> we did um, a half mile and a half out 
and it was at about a little over 5k pace take a few minutes to rest and we did it back and on the way back i wanted to scream <laughs> i wanted to scream it hurt so bad and versus like even when i'm running a 10k it's you know it's still pretty fast but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel so bad like 10k I like to, I look at it like this, like 5k is a pace. You have to be focused. If you're going to run it fast, you have to be focused the entire upper teens, 20 some odd minutes, you know, that you're pushing the, every step has to be pretty intentional because you got to be locked in at the pace. If you can't drift off because you're losing focus, you got to push again. A 10k is like, it's so enough that you you have to focus but like you can let your mind wander and kind of drift mm-hmm. off and think about things enjoy the aesthetic of where you're at even though you're kind of flying through it pretty quickly then all right back to focus ah, la 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 versus like when you do like a half like you're really like you're zoned out with in with effort it's like in you're like intense but you're still able to like completely zone out a little bit until it gets hard yeah Yeah. Like a 5k, the minute that you break focus, it's really difficult to get that back Mm -hmm. in, in in my opinion. So, um, and you know, the minute I start to feel something weird, I, my body just now says, Nope, you need to back off. Today's not your day Mm. and don't risk anything. So do you find that happens, uh, frequently, or is that kind of like a here and there thing? Um, it happens more in five Ks than it does any other distance for me, because keep in mind, I had my stroke 90 minutes after a five K. So that always plays in the back of my mind. Um, so do I go out and try to be fast and competitive? Yeah. Cause that's who I am. Um, but I, I also know that if it's not my day, it's not the end of my world. Mm-hmm. That's a good life lesson to just keep in mind amongst many, many, many things that we deal with. Yes. If today is not the day, just, you know, do what you can that day, chalk it up, you know, you know, hopefully there's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm still going to finish and get my participation. I'm going to get my participation medal. So (laughs) that's. Have you ever went out like one of five, like one, like one of those races? A very small, I've been the first overall female. Yes. And I will say usually in, in smaller races, I can usually at least place in my age group. Okay. So, yeah. I wonder what it's like to like win a whole five. To win won. a whole 5k to be the first overall that will never be me. No. I mean, I'm, I'm in the age group now, right? So people know about masters running. So that's 40 and over. I love to see races where there are grandmasters and I see more of those in the South and grandmasters are 50 and over. So, you know, I'm 53, I'm competing with 40 year olds. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really young to me (laughs) these days. Yeah. I always love, so, you know, Michelle, she goes out, I think she's like 59 now, 58. And she like, just, I think every race that I've ever seen her, she might've won her age group. And, you know, I go out and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of fast. And then I remind myself, like, once we cross like past like six, eight miles, you start talking like 10, 12 miles, like me and her, Mm -hmm. she's like the same speed as me. And it's like, wow. 
someone who's twice my age is literally like faster than me or at the same pace as me. And here I go thinking I'm fast. I'm like, wow, she's so impressive because I'm fit. So I'm 29. I, you know, I have a background I'm kind of fast at, at smaller distances and like, she's kicking my butt. And like, I run just as much as she does. <laughs> she's, I don't run any more than she does. And, you know, she kicks my butt. I'm just like, wow, that's so impressive. <laughs> But and and that's the focus on endurance, which is so different from short distance running. So, like to me, an easy Saturday, even when I'm not training for anything, is 12 to 14 miles. That's an easy Saturday for you. That's an easy Saturday for me. <laughs> the most I ever done was 16. I went out with Marcel, who's training for his Baker Ultra, mm-hmm. and so he did a marathon that day for his training. And I ran out for like the first eight miles with him, but then I had to turn around. So I'm like, yo, it's past my limit. <laughs> and I did that 16. It was so painful to last like three miles. Oh my gosh. Um, I remember one of the runs I did with y'all. It was, I want to say over the summer, it was when we were running from under the Birmingham bridge and it might've been like eight, 10 or 12 or, and I was in the group with, Michelle and Marcel was in the group and it was that nine minute group that doesn't run nine minutes and we're running and it's like the last three miles we get from we cross the Smithville Street Bridge we cross uh on the Carson Street and mm-hmm. they just take off and you know Michelle and the other people they take off and they had to be going like 820 or something like that or maybe we just dropped off I'm running I'm struggling I'm like I don't know how she does that I'm I'm like so, however a half dozen miles in and I don't know if I can even finish and she just boom gone well she is yeah she does that every Saturday to us like well we have a nine minute group and we call ourselves the nine ish group um, because we know none of us are going to be nine minutes, but we try, that's our goal. And then she does, she'll take off and then you never see her again <laughs> and, and, until you're done. You're like, there goes Michelle. <laughs> um, so as we kind of close out here, uh, what kind of, you know, last kind of, I don't know, words of wisdom or encouragement do you have for, you know, anybody listening wants to you know, either get started running or somebody who runs alone, who's kind of like been nervous about getting into a club and, you know, maybe some encouragement for them to find a community. Yeah. Um, again, just find a club. There are several in Pittsburgh. We would, we would love to have anybody who wants to come join us, come try us out. Um, and I think, um, runners would be surprised once they, uh, or aspiring runners would be surprised what they would find when they got into the club. Um, and, and met people. And, and like I said earlier, it just gets to be social and it gets to be a lot of fun. I mean, tomorrow we're meeting at Allegheny city brewing. So they open at seven 30, like people love that. <laughs> Come and drink beer at 8am if you want, and if you don't want to run, but, um, and, you know, and don't think you're that you to call yourself a runner, you have to be at a certain pace. So the minute you lace up and walk outside, you're a runner. Be proud of that. Be proud of where you are and um, be grateful for each mile that, that you, can, you can do. That's awesome. And I want to remind everybody, you don't have to run marathons to be considered a runner. There was a thing I do saw not. on Instagram and it was a stat. And I don't know how true the stat is, but a very, very small percentage of runners 
ever run a marathon Mm -hmm. ever. The most popular race and distance that people will like compete in is a 5k. Yeah. That's three miles. And you, and, um, you know, that's, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I had, um, on, on a Facebook group that I follow, somebody had posted, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this Turkey trot in this city. Does anybody know anything about it? I'm not very fast, but you know, I want to do it. And I, I just want to make sure I'm not going to be the slowest person. And I think people always have that fear. I don't want to be the slowest person. I said to this, um, so I responded and I said, you know what? Turkey trots are usually geared to families and most 5Ks, they're, they're usually charity runs, right? And, and so you will have a lot of families come out. So don't ever be intimidated to think you're going to be too slow um, to participate. So I, I would agree that 5Ks bring in so many um, people of all paces because they, they're usually seen as, as very family-oriented events. Yeah, definitely. And turkey shots are a great, you know, first way to just get into that. It is. Um, so, hey, there's turkey shots coming up all over the city. So, um, hey, any any shameless plugs you want to make for CBRC bro, before we close? Yeah, out? join us. Like I said, we're we run five days a week um, somewhere in the city. I said I coach track on Monday night. So come out and join us at the Shenley Oval. You'll you'll may see Coach Donald out there. Uh, coaching some of his his folks as well. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you about City of Bridges? It's how can it's, they find um, you? I'll link everything. Oh, in the thank notes. you, thank you. How can yes. they find you? Easy, cityofbridgesrunclub.com. Uh, we have Facebook groups and we have Instagram an Instagram page as well. So just look up City of Bridges Run Club on Facebook, City of Bridges RC on Instagram, and shoot us an email. And uh, we can add you to our weekly email list so you know when all of our runs are happening. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach Kim. This was fun. I got to learn a good bit about you. And, you know, and hopefully you all listening got some good encouragement, good understanding um, of why, you know, you should be out running and, you know, join a club. That's I, I, one thing I got out of this. You don't have to be fast to join a club. I want you to remember that. Um, there are clubs of fast people. And I, I promise you, those people are fast. Those, those clubs that are like, oh, we're geared oh. to fast people. They are, they are very fast. Yeah. If you like Can to I run add and one you want thing? to be around. Yes, please. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, please ditch the music. So Ooh, we yeah. have so much noise going on every day around us with work and whatever. Um, when you go out to run, ditch the music just be in nature and enjoy it. And I think when you ditch the, the music, you will find that you will run better and more efficient because I find that most runners will run to how they feel rather than to the beat of the music. So um, I used to be one of those runners who would have a panic attack when her nano um, iPod nano was, was dead. Um, but now I don't run with one or any music at all. And I love it. Yeah, I did. That's my plug. (laughs) I definitely did that. I try not to run with music. If I do, I listen to, I might listen to a podcast. um, You can listen to this podcast. You can listen to this this podcast. (laughs) A lot of people actually do listen to this while they run, actually. They do. They do. Um, Or like, if I'm like going to push the end of a run, then I'll switch over to music for like the last two miles. 
Uh, but yeah, most of the time I go no music. I only like having my phone. Like I love tracking my runs on Strava, but I don't have a watch that like links it to my phone. And I don't really feel like paying for one of those yet. But I hate carrying my phone. I just love going like pretty much naked into the woods and just go run. Not literally, but like no phone, no watch. Yeah. I just go into the woods and just run. And it's yes. so amazing. It's so freeing. It's like, oh my gosh, refreshing. Yeah, we call that running without a watch. We call that running naked. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm running or how far I'm running. Run naked. Yeah. Um. Hey, so... Uh, thank you, all of you listening. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend. Um, you know, share this with somebody who maybe you know who just started started getting into running, or somebody who's talking about it, but they're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm really gonna do it. Send this to them. All right, you know, find us on Instagram at training underscore well underscore done. I'm at coach underscore Donald, as you know. Um, make sure if you have uh, if you want to learn about what we do here at GHP. You go on www.ghperformance.com. Um, I have something I will tell you. I have not put this out publicly. I've told people around. I've been talking about it, but I have not put it out publicly. And by the time that this podcast gets released, it will be public anyways. I'm moving the gym. We are going to move from where we are here at Community Forge to somewhere else. Um, the top candidate is on Lower Murray and Squirrel Hill, maybe Point Breeze, but probably is going to end up being in Squirrel Hill. So that is a thing that will happen sometime in the winter. So I wanted to say that uh, I'm trying to like, I have everything's pretty much organized um, with the financial part, plan part, finding the place. I just really trying to make sure I can't find anything better in the same price range right now. And yeah, it's totally uh, a thing. And I just have to like get all the ducks in a line and shoot them, I guess. I don't know. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. So I'm gonna, uh, about triple up in space, uh, usable space, so that we can do a lot more stuff and be a little bit more visible as well. Hello. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I uh, just wanted to put that out there to everybody. So make sure um, you know follow us and you know follow the journey. Uh, we have eBooks. So hey, we have an eBook: uh, Ten Exercises to Eliminate Running Pains. Um, Things you can put into your training, into your warmups, they're on the website. And Coach Kyla had dropped an ebook on sport, mindfulness, and meditation, and about getting your mind in the right place for uh, competition and training. So that's all on the website. So make sure you go check it out. Uh, we'll catch you on the next ex uh, exercise. Oh my gosh, the next episode of Training Well Done. Uh, holla! Talk to you soon.